Hi everyone. I just want to give a little shout out that Business Barn Raising is now open for the year. This time around, we are really focusing on helping people who have been interested in incorporating hippotherapy into their practice get started. And the most important things to get started really are focusing on your practice location, getting all the systems in place that you are going to need to provide services. Those are things like insurance and contracts. And finally, finding the clients that you need to run your practice. And in Business Barn Raising, we cover all of these areas, both in lesson content format as well as supported coaching calls. So if you think this is something that might be helpful to you, be sure to reach out and get signed up. We will be starting in June. Hello and welcome to Animals and Aquatics. I'm your host for this episode, Ryan Bunting, Certified Occupational Therapy Assistant and Director of Aquatics here at Eponotherapy Services. Uh, what I'd like to talk to you about today is some of our most favorite tools that we use when we're in the pool and go over some of the ways that we use them. But as with all things OT, your creativity and imagination is the limit. Um, so starting off... We like to think a simple is often better, so a simple playground ball. There's a lot of things that you can do with this. Obviously, you can work on catching and throwing skills. You can get some bilateral coordination, movement to midline, things of that nature. But you can also use it to work on some strengthening. If you're submerging the ball, if you're having the client push the ball under the water, that takes some uh, amount of shoulder strength and arm stabilization. And so, yeah, there's a lot of ways, there's a lot of things that you can do with just a simple playground ball. Moving right along, another article that we have, and this is uh, really just kind of a safety device. Uh, this is what we call a puddle jumper. Right, it's got the arm flotation and uh, this for around the torso. However, we've used it for practicing donning and doffing. Now, obviously, they're going to need some assistance because there's a strap in the back. But <clears throat> when we look, there's a lot of skills that they need to have to get into this. So uh, a lot of material management skills that are needed. And so we find this not only as a, an effective safety device, to give some extra buoyancy to maybe some of our uh, swimmers who aren't as strong or confident in the pool as some of the other ones, but also useful for practicing donning and doffing. And that's a way that we can work some of the ADLs into uh, our session while we're at the pool. With that, <clears throat> for the clients who are a little bit stronger of swimmers, we have something called a swim bubble. And this can be used, and we can actually grade it here based on the number of foam pads that we're using. You can either take away or add more to increase or decrease the amount of support that this device is giving to the child. So swim bubble, if the kiddo is not a uh, really strong swimmer or if we're just not sure where they're at, we'll put this on until we can assess their ability in the pool. And it's just another way to, to help keep them safe. <clears throat> so as we were talking about ADLs with donning and doffing, 
and simple is uh, a lot of times better. Cups. Cups, pouring instruments. These are some things that it's kind of low-hanging fruit. We're already in the water and we can practice pouring and even opening and closing containers is another thing that, that we like to throw into work on with the younger kids, especially who we we're trying to increase their independence when it comes to things like snack time or just in general ADL independence. So again, we look at what's available in the environment and water's there and, and it's just, it's a simple thing to have in your kit and be ready to pull it out if if it's appropriate or it could help. And another thing I'd say about that is you can grade the activity level if you're having different size uh, containers. So for example, we have like a six cup measuring cup and if that gets full of water, it's a lot heavier and more difficult to manage than a smaller container would be. So bearing that in mind that having different size containers can and shapes can help you grade the activity to get that kiddo to, to hit the just right challenge. <clears throat> Coming in at number seven we have squeezy toys. So we have a, a variety of aquatic themed animal squeezy toys and these ones actually will as you squeeze them they will squirt water so you can use them for squirting play again talking about grading different shapes depending on what types of grass patterns you may be working on or strengthening of those patterns is going to depend on the shape of the toy that you're presenting and also the material itself if you as you as you're getting them you kind of sort out which ones are harder to squeeze and which ones are easier you notice that, that a lot of these toys have different pliability as far as <clears throat> how easy they are to compress and and so bearing that in mind too that, that there's a way to uh, select the appropriate toy to help grade the activity but these are a big hit and the other thing that comes with it is there's um, a net that we use to, to scoop the animals so okay coming in at number six is a visual timer so this one it's a 60-minute visual timer and we will set this not only for the the kids to help them work with that executive functioning piece of judging how much time they have left available but also working on things like transition so we would let them know okay when the timer hits you know 30 minutes we're going to move on to this next activity and checking their ability to monitor and uh, manage their time and helping them out with that <clears throat> maybe offering reminders and it's an easy way for us also as a therapist to, to keep track of the time and to keep an eye on it so I like to put that down towards the end where I'm typically facing towards the client and it's not necessarily within their line of sight but if they just turn they they can see it there's an audible function on this so it will beep when it hits the allotted time and and that can be helpful too with 
transitions. So if you really wanted to break it down and make it easier, you could set it for 15 minutes. If you have a helper, you could have them reset it every time that you needed to, but you could really start to help that client gauge time mentally and transition when appropriate to make sure that they're hitting that mark. All right, next up we have a good old-fashioned pool noodle. And there's a lot of uses for these. We've used these as a support. So you could say I want to try to work with a kiddo in uh, supine, but they're having some difficulty getting there. They're either nervous floating on their back or it could possibly be moral reflexes it hasn't integrated yet and so they're really uncomfortable on their back and you want to really try to work on that supine positioning. Well, a pool noodle behind, behind the head and I mean you could do one under in the back and then another one down in the legs if you really want to give a lot of support. So we have a variety of different different pool noodles in different sizes. There's actually another use for these two that I've found. So an, another instrument I'm going to get to later that I'll talk about and, and a problem that I ran into and how we used a pool noodle to solve that problem. So these are a very useful thing to have on hand and I would definitely recommend more than one, probably at least five I would have on hand depending on how how many people you're seeing and how many clients are in the pool time, how many people you're servicing at once. Okay, so speaking of the next, a barbell. So this is an aquatic barbell and there's a lot of uses for these. Typically they're regarded as a strengthening tool. You see these in aquatic exercise classes. And that's great, but uh, for us, we're working with kids. Uh, if we're working on some strengthening <clears throat> techniques or say we want to try to isolate uh, legs or for kicking, we can have them hold on to this and that'll give them placement for their hands so that their hands don't want to engage if they're swimming and we're just working on legs. You can do a lot of, we, we do a lot of sing-along activities, so things like row, row, row your boat. <laughs> Grandel Duke of York with hands up over the head. The great thing about this is that it really is a, it encourages bilateral engagement. So if you're seeing someone and they have, uh, let's say, uh, a right-sided weakness, something like CP, this can is a good way for, uh, to encourage an active assist. So <clears throat> you can really encourage the strong side to help the weaker side and get better range of motion and movement and it's just it's a great tool you can also use it in the traditional way of strengthening where you're using the resistance of the water to help strengthen those muscles because the barbells are going to increase the amount of resistance that they're getting from the water so the buoyancy in the barbells if they're pushing down or you know de depressing the the barbells under the water then that's going to be a whole lot more resistance than they would get from some of the other other methods you know certainly more than something from say a pool noodle uh, this is going to be a lot more challenging moving along at number three we have a kickboard so this again is a tool that we found a lot more uses for than what we just initially thought we were going to use it for which was something that would give 
some buoyancy and support to the upper body while allowing uh, free range of movement and, and kicking with the legs. Um, and we certainly do use it for that. Uh, but one of the earlier uses that we found for it was putting some Velcro on the other side and you can basically use it to, to do things like a visual schedule or as a communication board. There's a lot of different uses that, that you can have for something as simple as a kickboard. The other thing that we use it for is a table. right? So for that pouring activity that I was uh, talking about before, you could use this as your platform. Now obviously you, you may have to stabilize it and depending on how much help you have, that may be a little bit more challenging than otherwise because you may be trying to watch the kiddo and make sure that they're safe in the water while also trying to stabilize this and you may need to assist them in the, the pouring activity. So there's a lot of things to consider, but we've had a lot of use out of our kickboard. <clears throat> oh, I almost forgot. I was talking about the barbell and the pool noodle. So I had a client I was working with who their shoulders would come into adduction, adduction every time that they would go to lift the bar. And I wanted a way to, to help them keep their shoulders abducted, to, to keep their arms separated. And so cutting a piece of pool noodle and flitting, fitting it over the middle there at least help guide their hands out a little bit so that they weren't as adducted, their shoulders weren't as adducted as they had been. So encouraging range of motion, but like I said, the point is, is that there's a lot of things that you can use these pool noodles for. Okay, moving to number two, one of my favorite toys in the pool, although it's more than a toy. This was an impulse buy that I saw on uh, Amazon and I am really glad that I purchased it. So this is called a watermelon. So you, you actually fill this with water and when you fill it with water it becomes neutral buoyant, meaning it floats in the water, you can bounce it off the, the ground, you can bounce it off the floor of the pool, you can bounce it off the walls in the pool. You can pass it underwater, although the movement of it is a little bit different than if you were just passing a ball on, on land. So you have to play with it a little bit and figure out how it moves under the water, but we've had a lot of fun with this. The other thing about this though is that it weighs probably close to eight pounds, I think. And I think you could fill it up even more. On the site it says it weighs up to 16 pounds, but that's way, way more weight than we really want to work with. But what we a lot of times use this for is heavy work. So if we have a, a, a kid who is dysregulated and they really need to get some energy out, um, this is a great way to help ease them into a transition where they can stand there and thump this into the water. And it could be the sound, it could be the weight of this and the heavy work involved in lifting this and dropping it into the water. But a lot of the kids love this. And the neutral buoyant factor of it is is really neat because it's it's heavy when you're holding it 
out of the water, but once you're in the water, it's it's not too bad. And I've had, I've I've played games of catch with kids in the water, with that ball, and it was just a lot of fun. And finally, what we call our cheese mat. This is a flow-through mat, so it's a foam flow-through mat, and Typically what we use this for is, this is like our swing in the water. Uh, so we can provide that linear input, we can provide rotational, we can provide vertical displacement. If we go kind of like magic carpet ride-ish and go up and down on it, we can use that for not only sensory input, uh, vestibular input, but we can also use it if, if we have a kiddo who is hesitant to get in the water. Right, and it's a way that we can kind of slowly ease them in a little bit at a time, gauge their comfort level, and you know just help them transition into the session. So the flow-through mat it also provides another workspace, just like we were talking about with the kickboard, where we use that as a table at times. Uh, the flow-through mat can also do that as well. Uh, what I will say is that because it is larger, it's really helpful to have an extra set of hands just to make sure that you can uh, you're providing that close supervision if necessary staging it in a in an area where you can get to it quickly if you want to utilize it but at the same time it's out of the way and it's not taking up space unnecessarily is another consideration and concern that you might have yes there's a there's a lot of cool things about this you can look at how a kid positions themselves in there if you're working on something like postural strength or stability and then also positioning and body awareness so are they centering themselves in the mat to, to get the most support or are they hanging out near an edge where they're always kind of wobbly and are they aware of that are they aware of of how their position on the mat is affecting their balance and stability so that was 10 of our favorite tools to use in aquatic occupational therapy Thank you so much for listening and supporting us, and we'll see you next time.